Are you feeling like no one understands your struggles? That you're isolated and alone? Like no one has your back to support, encourage, or celebrate your wins with you? Well, let me personally invite you to join me in the Living Fearless Today Facebook group. Hey, we recently launched the group and are open to other men just like you who want to know their worth, value, and purpose to grow in confidence, find their worth, and appreciate their contributions. So if you simply search Living Fearless Today on Facebook, and uh, then just click to join us. I look forward to meeting you, seeing your growth, and the success you begin to experience in your life within this band of men. This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forster, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello and welcome back, my friend. Man, today I am so excited to have Ryan Phillips with me. Ryan is a new friend, one that I connected through, connected with through uh, Justin Bryan. And so, Justin, thank you, my friend. Uh, man, Ryan has played uh, professional hockey. He's ridden across um, Cambodia, Thailand, Laos, all for uh, child trafficking awareness. Then he rode all the way across Canada for mental health awareness. So the dude has spent some time on two wheels pedaling, but more importantly, man, his story of transformation from where he was, what he experienced to where he is today and his heart, you're going to definitely hear it. And so I'm excited to bring you uh, my friend, Ryan Phillips. Ryan, how are you doing today, brother? Doing wonderful. Thank you for uh, that uh, introduction. And, uh, you know, hats off to Justin Bryant or else this conversation wouldn't be uh, happening. So uh, infinite gratitude to Justin and uh, to all you people in Kansas where my daughter is. Uh, um, big love. Yeah, dude. And that's the funny thing. I looked back and I was like, well, you were here before I was, but, you know, we can both talk about Kansas and, uh, you know, the the area here. So. Well, Ryan, can we start with where you're at today on the business side of things? What does that look like for you? Uh, with business, uh, I believe that uh, we're always in the business of ourselves. <laughs> so, um, uh, you, you know, uh, ourselves uh, then mixed in with the team, which uh, is can be referred to as, you know, uh, an, an alliance of goodness. And uh, I'm extremely grateful, uh, you know, we're launching... Uh, Two new companies uh, that are actually one and the same, uh, Divine Source Matter. I'm wearing one of the toques right now, beanies in America. I got one of the hoodies on right now. So, uh, you know, 10% of all the sales of uh, this company uh, will be going to uh, the Brent Sopel Foundation. Brent's a, a very, very close friend of mine and uh, has a wonderful story. And uh, I'm sure he'll be on one of your shows uh, uh, sooner than later. Um, 
think you, you might have heard a little honking in the back. So that's your uh, your uh, notification that it's going to happen. So anyway, <laughs> we, go. Um, we have uh, a CBD company uh, in the United States as well. Uh, it's not here in Canada, but the launch will be next week. Uh, we're trying to do a double launch with the clothing company, which is also uh, a wellness company as well. So it's apparel, wellness, and uh, just anything that's good out there. You know, infinity, the infinity signs that, uh, that you know, anything's possible. And um, it's, you know, you are the brand, infinite potential, infinite everything. You know, we're, uh, we're capable of so much more of uh, some of the limitations that we put on ourselves. So yeah. um, very excited about the CBD uh, company as well, because um, with that, you know, a lot of people will be helped through uh, the health benefits of hemp. Um, you know, whether it's the skin product or the drops, uh, you know, uh, they've been, it's been proven to help uh, with inflammation and whatnot. And, uh, you know, we're dealing with some of the best, uh, in the business in that arena with, uh, with, with the cannabis space, uh, zero THC definitely can't uh, go down that road or I'll land myself in prison again. So, uh, we won't go there, <laughs> but, uh, we, uh, we really intend, uh, for divine source matter in all aspects with health, mental health, well-being, and just, you know, spreading the, uh, the total goodness around the world. And, uh, you know, Brent, my partner and Cielo, you know, I, I think at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you are. I believe we're all equal, uh, but we all have the ability, you know, through our heart and through just our intentions in making a positive difference, not just in our own lives, but in the lives of others. So, that's a little bit about uh, what's going on right now. And I'm sitting talking to you. Bonus. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, that's a whole lot of stuff going on. You're a busy man. Um, on the personal side, what does that look like for you, buddy? Well, hey, you know, I'm a human being. I get uh, I, just like anybody else. Uh, you know, I get overwhelmed uh, when things are uh, sometimes moving too fast. Uh my brain works very fast. So uh, uh, calming that mechanism between my ears uh, can be uh, somewhat of a challenge at times. But, uh, you know, we're all uh, perfectly imperfect. I'm a, I'm a work in progress, just like anybody else. Doesn't matter how many countries I've ridden across. Um, I should mention I am not a cyclist, even though I've gone across 10 countries. Um, you know, I... Uh, I'm just a human being, uh, you know, I would say, you know, the old adage and, uh, you know, Cielo, my, uh, uh, my, my, my love, uh, best friend, she'll probably be laughing in the background, spiritual, spiritual beings having a human experience. I believe that I know it's being, re- being regurgitated so many times, but I do believe that we have a spirit within this physical being and, you know, we have the ability to create from the form of substance and transmute ideas into physical reality. And that's a lot of what we're doing with, uh, you know, with the infinity, you know, around there that yeah. uh, anything that you think about, you can really, uh, really truly transmute into its actual physical equivalent. Yeah. And I mean, like the, the compassion and grace that you have for yourself and others, like, I mean, in, in the conversations that we've had, I love it because we've, we've shared about how much, you know, where we came from and what we experienced and then where we're at now. Um, 
can you kind of like share about like, what's that journey been in giving yourself grace? Like not, um, you know, not being hypercritical, but just being loving to yourself. Like, how has that come about? Well, I mean, it's like, it, yeah, it's like we, the, people say, you know, we're our own worst enemies uh, that uh, sometimes, uh, you know, um, negative uh, uh, self-talk that uh, comes in, those intrusive thoughts, I get them. And, um, you know, if I don't get out of bed and out of my head, uh, I'm a disaster zone for the whole day. So, you know, I'm really blessed that, uh, you know, I'm living with someone that um, has a lot of coping me- mechanisms and lived experience that she's able to share with me. So, you know, I think having a really uh, uh, good support system around you is of utmost importance to your uh, just your, your overall way of being and the way of, you know, how you deviate and, and interact with just not just with other people, but the relationship that you have with yourself. Yeah. So, you know, um, at the end of the day, um, it's just, you know, as we move through life experience, um, you know, it's, it's so many challenges are going to, you know, they, they, they come in, in waves sometimes. So it's, uh, being able to tackle those waves without uh, feeding too much emotion into it. So it doesn't perpetuate into something that's detrimental, not just for yourself, but to the people that are surrounding around your environment. So, um, you know, um, it's like being in, uh, if you go to a rock concert with 20,000 people and uh, uh, 10,000 people are on a negative vibe, those other 10,000 people are going to feel it pretty uh, profoundly. So I keep my circle small and uh, I like it that way. Um, you know, the friends I have in my life right now, I'm, I'm, I'm truly, truly grateful that, uh, I believe in my heart have, uh, the best interest that, you know, out for me. And, uh, you know, they've made me realize that I've had to put me first, uh, in so many instances in my life, I look back and I'm like, you know, why did I do certain things? Like, you know, even certain rides across countries Well. Was I doing that for myself, just for myself, or was I doing it just for, you know, the cause? Um, my answer is both. But at the end of the day, um, there was a lot of unresolved issues in my own life that probably should have been, you know, um, maybe looked at, but should have, could have, would have. Those are words that I'd like to try to stay away from. And, you know, that's all past stuff. So, you know, when we, you know, talk about the present moment, I'm working really hard on just, you know, being more present in the moment and really, you know, um, projecting, you know, future, uh, projecting, you know, future goodness or just future events, you know, in the now and feeling that into my vibration. So those events actually happen and, you know, um, help people, you know, like that's, uh, you know, my greatest desire in this life is, uh, just, to make a positive difference in, in the lives of others by using my story, my platform with other people's platforms, uniting together as one and really just paying it forward. And how big that team is going to be. There's no one big leader at the top. It's everybody's a leader. Everybody, there's no followers, you know, it's uh, everybody's coming together as one. And I think, you know, in these times of drastic change, um, at no point in history 
do we really need to start, you know, uh, taking a look at ourselves, really introspecting ourselves, and also having compassion for others that are suffering right now? Um, you know, it's no secret uh, that um, jobs are being lost uh, here in Canada. It's uh, it's you know, it's a bit of a gong show everywhere. The world is uh, it, it's such a beautiful place. You know, you look at the skies are different. And I mean, I look at there was a beautiful rainbow yesterday. And I was just, you know, in that moment, just, you know, having that appreciation and, um, and gratitude, you know, just, you know, to be, even though it's like, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of like crappiness that's going on right now. There's still so much opportunity and goodness in chaos and I'm learning as I go. So, um, you know, the guy that went across Cambodia 10 years ago is a completely different guy today. Um, I think I've matured back then. It was, it was more like, Oh, I'm doing this thing for child sex slavery. And, but I didn't realize, you know, that how that would impact me in latter years of my life. And, you know, would I do it again? Maybe. Um, but I think that other things are coming down the pipeline that, um, you know, need more attention from me. You know, I, I've done my work in that space. Um, and, you know, I think it's, you know, when we talk about mental health, um, you know, if I don't have my own mental health, you know, straightened out and where I'm like, you know, solid in my own, you know, being, then I can't really be of service to anybody other than nobody. So, um, it's, uh, you know, waking up, uh, you know, doing things that are, that, that are, you know, going to help you, you know, propel yourself into having a good day and then building on that day and just, just doing the best you can, you know, like there's no, there's, there's no rush, there's no hurry. And, uh, you know, that's something that I'm learning because in the past I've just been go, 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 go. So, so, so extreme. And I'm still extreme with certain things, but um, I'm trying to put those extremes and calm them down a notch. And, um, you know, whatever happens, happens. It's just, uh, you know, really trying to get in touch, I guess, more with my emotions and being able to stabilize those emotions where I can be, you know, where I can actually show up uh, when called upon and, you know, give a hundred percent all the time. And they, the world gets the best version of Ryan, you know, not just, you know, a 70 percenter uh, yeah. or 80 percenter, they get, you know, the full meal deal. So, you know, and it's like from the transformation that you've gone through the journey that you've been on, you can appreciate where you're at now because of where you started, um, like where you began, do you mind taking us back and kind of sharing some of the background story about, um, you know, like with hockey and then how things progressed um, from there? Uh, yeah, I mean, God, like most Canadian kids, um, you know, I thought I was pretty much born with a hockey stick in my hands. <laughs> uh, loved the game um, just as much on the street with a ball as I did on the ice with, uh, with my buddies. And, uh, uh, you know, I loved the, you know, Christmas tournaments and, you know, just the whole atmosphere was fun until you be, became aware of the politics behind the game. And, uh, that's where it got kind of sticky. Um, you know, you see it, you know, there is a whole culture behind that game that's being exposed right now. Um, through guys like Brent Sopel, 
uh, Kyle Beach recently. There's a lot of you know allegations going on with the big sex scandal with the Chicago Blackhawks and whatnot. Um, you know, uh, my dream became very close to reality as I left home at 16. Um, unfortunate abuse by coaches, players, and even before that, you know, uh, I think it started when I was 13 and 14, you know, being touched in places that are out of bounds um, that I never talked about. Um, talked about it little bits here and there, but, uh, you know, uh, guys like, you know, Brent, Theron Fleury, um sheldon kennedy uh you know the list goes on uh, uh with the ones that are still alive and um you know these are things that you know definitely have to be addressed like there's there's changes that need to be made and implemented and those changes i think are out they're actually in the midst of happening as we speak because of guys like you know brent Theron, and you know other players that are stepping up because of those guys they're able to tell their stories and not feel shamed. And, you know, for so many years, I just lived in shame and wasn't able to talk about it. And now if you ask me, I can, I can talk about it. I'm not going to start naming names and coaches and throwing people under the bus because I love the game of hockey. That's the thing. But do I love the culture and some of the politics behind it? No. Yeah. And I think that's, and I think that's kind of the thing, like we can love something but not be in love with how it it's presented or how it occurs. So it's, it's learning to separate and kind of disassociate from certain parts and create boundaries around ourselves. Um, which, I mean, you and I have had some good conversations about that. Um, you talked about, you know, going into hockey and, and, you know, pursuing your dream. Like what did that, that journey from there look like? Um, got at different every day. I mean, uh, um, I was really scared my first year leaving home. I, I was, I was actually supposed to leave home at 15 and, um, that was way too, too yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I try to live my life with no regrets, but, um, I think if I would have gone to the team that I was, uh, asked to go to and play junior hockey at 15 that had uh, a no ritual initiation for the rookies and whatnot. If I would have left that year, things would have been a, a little bit different, but I think, you know, I had to go through the experiences that I had to be able to actually understand that on such a deep level with the abuse, with the initiations, with all, you know, just that lifestyle, you know, the, the drinking, the drugging, the womanizing, um, how that, how hockey isn't really your identity, you know, it's, but, you know, uh, hockey is kind of a thing and sports and every job out there, you know, we're not what we do. <laughs> we're, 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 we're who we are. <laughs> so, and we're where we are <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> so it's like, um, you know, uh, I guess I got what I asked for <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's uh, because of, uh, you know, certain situations that I would call negative or other people would call negative um, are now able to be transmuted into a positive. And, you know, like I said, it's uh, I, I'm just one guy. I, I'm one guy that I, I try to do the best I can. Uh, I try to understand people the best I can. And 
you know, it's all about relationships, but if you don't have that relationship right with yourself, then how can you have a relationship with anybody else, whether it be a man, a woman, whatever Uh, in in business is, you know, you really, really have to be sturdy and solid within your own convictions or, you know, I think you're kind of just, uh, uh, won't be in a good place. (laughs) And even with what you've gone through, I mean, it's like, you're still able to find like a positive aspect of it. You know, it's not like, oh my gosh, this, this formed, you know, who I am and there's no turning back. You're like this from this, while it wasn't a positive thing, it was unhealthy. You're still able to find your own health and to find strength to bring about positive going forward. And, and I love that. I want to, you know, delve into that as we go along from the hockey, you then, um, met up with Kane. Um, and like, there's, there's so much we're glazing over. That's, that's more within like the national geographic kind of documentary out there. Um, can we like touch on Kane, who he was, and then like the feeling that that association, like who Kane was, like how that brought about that satisfaction like that worth uh aspect well i mean it, it was it, it, it was the mid 90s it was the beginning of the bc bud boom and uh you know i had just gotten back from playing my 18 year old season in tacoma washington in the western hockey league i got hurt that year it was it was my draft my second year of eligibility and I was called injury prone. Uh, there was a lack of self-worth. Um, I was devastated. I, I didn't, I didn't get chosen in the draft, uh, lack of ice time, all that kind of stuff. When it when that's, you know, concussions and injuries, I couldn't, I was seeing three pucks out there half the time. And, you know, um, a kid at 18 who usually would have energy, um, feeling very lethargic on the ice and not knowing why, uh, you know, my, I, I had a photographic memory growing up. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing all these, you know, symptoms, which later I would, uh, come to know as concussed symptoms. And then later being diagnosed with over 50 concussions, um, 50 plus, you know, you know, I'm going through that kind of treatment right now, which is, you know, helping in many ways and also, uh, giving me a lot of answers and the ability to help other people, you know, with that lived experience. Um, But, uh, you know, I met one guy and, you know, one guy led to another person, led to another person. You know, I did one border run that led to another border run, started with, uh, you know, a small amount, you make a few bucks, but it was, you know, the most money I'd seen in one day. And, you know, this, uh, you know, the the gentleman that uh, played Kane, Look, National Geographic took the story and it's entertainment. And I, I went there, I, t- I was in front of camera for probably 21 hours. And I really wish, but it will happen, that they told more of the truth that I actually conveyed to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, it's it's only an hour long program. I was in that business for, you know, uh, 10 plus years, almost 15 years of my life. I was in and in and out of that business on such a high level. 
And so how can you put, you know, that much into, you know, a 45 minute segment with, you know, add the commercials in it's an hour. Right. But, um, you know, Kane was actually three different people. I'm not going to name the names. And, um, you know, obviously they, they saw something in me because I had a lot of connections down South because of my hockey, uh, that desired, uh, the cash crop BC, bud. And uh, it was just incredible. It was so accepted here in, in, in British Columbia, Canada and, uh, you know, down there in the, in the U.S. It hadn't really been accepted yet, but the demand was absolutely insane. So, you know, I, I, I actually looked at everything that this one gentleman and his two, friend, two brothers, actually, the, I looked at everything that they were doing wrong and I picked up the pieces and I was like, you know what, I'm going to build it uh, a, a certain way. And uh, that certain way worked. And, uh, but I leave, I, I, you know, I realize now I could have done that in any business, you know, yeah, the, the millions and millions of dollars that came in great. Yeah. Hunky dory. It allowed me to travel all over the world, which was my passion. It was travel. Um, I never considered myself to be a gangster or anything like that. You know, there was, uh, a, a lot of people in my life that were, uh, you know, lost their lives to murder addiction. Um, you know, it's, uh, looks glamorous on the outside when you're driving a nice car and all that kind of stuff. But when you're going to funeral after funeral and then stop going to those funerals, because you might get in an argument with somebody that doesn't like you because you have more money than they do. Um, your life becomes pretty uh, fearful. And um, yeah, so I was, you know, like, as you know, driving more out of the, out of the rear view mirror than the back, than, uh, <laughs> than the front view. And, um, you know, looking over your shoulder all the time isn't the nicest feeling in the world. So hence probably why I was over in Southeast Asia most of the time uh, living in the land of smiles because uh, where I was, was just, it was all business all the time. But um you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, it's it's really hard to put into words because at the time it was so intense and we were doing such large amounts that um, things get kind of carried away. You got to hire this guy to do this. You know, you got the safe houses. You got guys that are sitting on your money and having to pay for them. And uh, the, the disease, the more is really what it was more and more and more, but it, it got to the point where it wasn't more for me. It was my associates that wanted more and more and more. So I was literally kind of just doing it for them so I could protect my own butt. And then, you know, when I got out of it, it was really tough because then I got, I started getting judged like, you know, uh, Oh man, you know, why is he leaving? Is he going to rat out? Is he going to do this? Or is he going to do that? And then, um, but it's, you know, thank God I did. Um, I haven't always been perfect, you know, throughout I've made some mistakes like we all do. I'm only human. And, um, you know, maybe I'll get forgiven for some, maybe I won't, but at the end of the day, as long as I can forgive myself, that's all that matters. Hi, coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the living fearless today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be 
and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. Yeah. And I think that's really like the hardest thing is for us to forgive ourselves Mm -hmm. of like, you know, what's what we've, we've participated in and what's been done to us. And you kind of take that ownership in the process. Um, How did you decide, like, what was the trigger of, Hey, I'm done here. Like, I'm not going to look for this to satisfy my worth, but I want to get out here and do something different. How did you transition in that? What was the catalyst? Well, there was a a few close calls um, on my life. Um, Extortions, um, seeing friends, you know, fair weather friends. But at the time I considered them close friends. Hmm. You just don't know because you get so caught up. Um, But, you know, people that were dying around me. And, uh, uh, you know, the part party, excessive, uh, alcohol and drug use. And, you know, I woke up at, uh, you know, I don't know what time it was. I had a big party one night at one of my big homes up in the, in the Hills that I was living at in the, in the big expensive area of, of Vancouver, which means absolutely nothing to me now. And, um, you know, I had a party there. I think there was about 400 plus people. And I, I woke up and I looked at these, at the mirror. I had these mirrored ceilings in my, in my, uh, in my room, the master bedroom was pretty big and I was by myself. There was, you know, all these people there the night before and I woke up and I was like, I'm done. Like it had been kind of building up overall, like kind of like a couple of years had been building up where I was just like, I don't even, I hate this. I don't even like doing this anymore. Plus I have enough and I'm really, it's, but then the people that I was around were like, we got to eat, you know, we got to eat. And if I don't like, I guess my system worked. So if I stepped away, how are these other people going to actually make it work without me is what they thought. And it kind of went that way. When I stepped away, things fell apart. And um, I mean, then you throw prison in there and everything else. I mean, God, um, it just, it it came to 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 a point where I couldn't look at myself in the mirror and be honest. And I, I, there, there's been points in my life, um, where I haven't been completely honest. Um, and I always, I, I resent myself every time. And I try to take ownership for that. And I really do my best to make wrongs, right. Um, but when there's people that are, you know, judging you, um, it's like the old saying goes, right. It's like, you know, one finger points at you three, three fingers back. You know, um, yeah, I, was, I guess I was just like, I was, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and having my, me as a, as a person was known as money. I, I wasn't really known as like Ryan. I just wanted to be received as Ryan, as me, not the guy that makes all the money that has the fancy cars that can get you this and get you that. And, you know, I had no idea what PTSD was back then depression, all these mental health issues. But now I realize now that because I put myself in all those destructive, destructive behavioral patterns, especially organized crime is now what's actually ignited a lot of my PTSD that I do have that I'm trying to work through on a daily basis. Um, you know, 
hockey prison running that kind of business uh that was you know it was it's like like i said started off small you know we're just shipping into seattle and down the west coast and then next thing you know all the big money was on the east coast you know new york chicago uh you know los angeles also paid big money for the, the og kush and um yeah just got to the point where it just got so big you know at you know buying up 80% of the marijuana in my province is, is a lot of, uh, it's a lot of weed yeah. and, um, just to keep like account on that, I had to actually hire an accountant. And so I'd be in Greece to be like, you know, six, seven o'clock in the morning at some nightclub and, you know, I'm just out of my mind inebriated and on substances of, I don't, we don't get it, you know, MDMA and stuff that I really, really, to all you kids out there, not worth it, especially these days, because it's not pure. There's, you know, all these drugs are being cut in with fentanyl and all kinds of other garbage. So any kid out there that's, you know, that's even thinking or entertaining themselves about, you know, using, you know, any sort of amphetamines or drugs or whatever, has to really, really realize that so many of these drugs are being cut in with agents that can kill you at the drop of, of ingestion however you're putting it into your body. And, you know, I have a daughter uh, who was addicted to methamphetamines for just over three years. She's in your hometown and, you know, she's been clean and sober for now it's coming up to almost, she's going on to 10 months and she's doing great, but you know what? Um, I have to take ownership for that as well because, you know, she probably looked at her dad and was like, oh, well, dad did that. Dad did this. Dad was a kind of a gangster look kind of dude. And, you know, so, um, you know, I was never a gangster. I was just, uh, but I associated myself with them. And uh, so I guess guilty by association. And, uh, you know, I'm just really blessed today that my daughter's still alive. I'm blessed that I'm still alive. And if I can do anything to make a positive change in just not only my life, because if I can do it in my life, then it just expands outwards. So, um, yeah, for that, I just, I really, really just, I'm learning. I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm a kid every day when I wake up, it's, uh, it, it hurts a lot sometimes to think about what I've done and that's all part of the letting go process. Absolutely. Yeah. So as you got to that point where you're looking and going, I'm done with this, you're, it's not like you have a healthy infrastructure around yourself. You know, your friends are looking at you as like, they're dependent upon you. How, how did you stick with that decision? I'm done and continue pursuing to heal yourself from that when folks around you are, you know, not supportive. (laughs) You know what? I, um, I, I, I'd kind of gotten sick of, of, the city of Vancouver, which is so beautiful that helped me make a lot of money doing illegal stuff. Uh, I wasn't just doing illegal stuff. I had a lot of legitimate things going as well, but at too many properties, too much stuff on the go. Um, But, you know, when I got out of it, there was, you know, a a threat on my life. You know, I had a gun put to my head. Uh, As you saw in the national geographic, that was one thing that was absolute truth. Um, you know, I was accused of uh, stealing 70 kilos of cocaine in Los Angeles when I was never even in that business in the first place. 
But, um, you know, a gang in Vancouver, a big gang accused me of, uh, of, of stealing that because they heard I had that kind of money. So it was kind of like a false extortion. Yeah. Had to take a lie detector test. And um, thank God the gun wasn't loaded. Um, but uh, that wasn't exactly the, the, the funnest day of my life, having a gun put to my head with uh, being surrounded by, um, you know, people that are deeply involved in organized crime. That if I was, I was so scared if I, if I, if I, you know, cause I was, my nerves were shaking when I was taking that, the, the lie detector test. And if I didn't pass it, I was like, I'm going to take a bullet in the head. Um, I passed it, even though I passed it, the trigger was pulled. And I thought at that time my, my life was over, but uh, the, uh, the, the gun was unloaded. There was no, there was no, there was no bullet in the gun unless it was Russian roulette. I don't know. But uh, yeah, let's not find out on that front. Thank you. Thanks. No more guns to the head. Thank you. (laughs) So did did you end up as you're as you're making that change and that transition, that transformation? Did you end up getting into like um, clinical help or any like changing communities? Like as as far as your circle of friends, like. What helped you have that strength to, to persevere? You know, I, I just, I made a definite decision yeah. that when it was done, it was done. And I actually moved to Montreal in 2011 and I'd, I'd been out of it for a little bit and, but then I'd heard through the grapevine that there was people that, you know, wanted to take my money. Um, You know, just, you just hear things and you get scared. And I, you know, I, I left, I I, I left town. Uh, I spent a lot of time over in Southeast Asia. And, um, you know, that's when I actually uh, was very, very blessed to have the opportunity to ride across Cambodia yeah. uh, to help with the eradication of human trafficking and child sex slavery. That uh, was an incredible experience. Um, and there was just really no turning back after that. It was like, you know what, this is what I'm meant to do is I'm here to be of service uh, at Right now, it's not sex trafficking uh, eradication. Right now, it's uh, everything is. It seems like it's coming down to mental health, uh, uh, you know, awareness. But it's awareness into action. You know, it was. You know, I got a, a, out of a conversation yesterday. It's like there's this big popularity contest these days. It seems like on uh, who's the biggest mental health advocate. You know, like just because I rode across the country of Canada doesn't make me the big mental health advocate poster boy. You know, I believe that we all should be mental health advocates. We all have someone in our family that has either suffered or suffering. And if we can just be there for just one person in that day and help their life in, and just touch their life this much, it might make them feel better, not just in that moment, but be able to pay that for it as well. So, you know, I didn't go bells and whistles across the country of Canada, but it was uh, taking notice, obviously, through a lot of, you know, the major media outlets like CBC, Global, um, you know, people find out, I guess, when a guy on two wheels is going across the country. So, um, yeah, it was it was a very it was very a humbling experience. I met a lot of people, um, 
uh, families that lost their their kids to, to suicide, uh, addiction, the whole nine yards, everything, everything mental health that you could actually possibly imagine to see. I actually I experienced going in the sixty days, two months that it took from going from mile zero in Victoria, Canada to the Atlantic on the other side of the country. So, um, you know, I, I mean, just clear as day. I remember just the the love I received through so many people going across the country. Uh, one incident was at an ice cream shop in Belleville. I was like, um, I end up at this ice cream shop. There's two people in the ice cream shop. I'm sweating. I just finished doing hundred kilometers that day. And the lady's like, what are you doing? I told her what I was doing. And, you know, half the community showed up and we're throwing money into a hat and, you know, help the cause. And, um, you know, really the cause was just really, I just wanted to show that someone who was called mentally ill could do something like that and show that anything was possible if you put your mind to it. So, you know, it's just like you see people that have, uh, that are missing limbs, you know, um, I was just missing a piece of myself and uh, you know, that, that piece of myself was self-love. A lot of the stuff was uh, being, was, was the resentments that I had towards myself or certain things that I'd done in the past. And as we get older, you know, it, you know, our hormones change, our physiology changes a little bit. So we got to keep moving. Um, I mean, I'm a kid at heart and I, I don't think I'll ever completely grow up. I don't even know what that looks like. So um, how I say just, don't take yourself too serious. Don't ever lose your sense of humor. And um, it was, yeah, it was, you know, going across Canada equal that first time, I think going across Cambodia was um, a lot of tears, a lot of laughs and um, yeah, just so much gratitude. And uh, it just, it, it, it allowed me to get to know myself a lot better. and. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than the fact that uh, I got to see the second largest landmass in the, in the world uh, in a way that uh, I guess God it was it was incredible just to see the beauty, to feel the energy, to be out in those open spaces, and you know not only doing it for a purpose, pedal with a purpose, but actually to see just the energy of this world and the nature, you know, seeing big moose on the side of the roads out of nowhere, um, breaking a tire or popping a tire or something happening to your bike or a wipeout, or you got to go to the hospital for something. I mean, I had seven hospital visits on that whole deal. And, you know, not a lot of people know that they think it was just a smooth ride that just, you know, go across the country, (laughs) but uh, man, there's a lot of adversity, uh, you know, throughout, but, just like anything in life, um, you get what you put into it. And um, it was almost like a centrifugal spiritual force was behind me that had my back through the whole way. And uh, for that, I'm you know eternally grateful, not just to the country of Canada, but uh, to the world, because I, had, I was getting messages from people from all over the world that got news that I was doing this. And um you know, uh, yeah, to all those people that I was, that I never got back to, uh, that, cause it, it was coming in, you know, so fast. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. Very cool. How did you, 
like feed who you were becoming as far as like for for me it was like podcast books relationships with mentors like what did that process of like personal growth for you look like of of learning who ryan you know at your core is rather than who people had defined you as well at that time when i got out of the business yeah um i became a complete book junkie and they, it wasn't fiction you know they were all you know metaphysical um you know uh, spiritual books so to speak you know new age old age philosophies and um and, and you know through travel especially you know in you know over in india southeast asia and whatnot um very blessed to have you know uh run up run amongst many of monks and somehow formulated relationships with like everywhere I would travel, I'd always go straight to where the locals were and learn. I was taking on wisdom of some sort. And so I guess that's how my journey of self transformation out of, um, you know, my smuggling days, addiction and whatnot, Let's not, I mean, I still have addictive behavior patterns. I still have things that I'm addicted to. We all do. I think we all do. Um, not all, but the majority. And it was just like, I, I, I was very inspired to, just like uh, to inspire other people through action. And I, it was like, I, I didn't even know where it was going. Other than the fact that I threw up a website, started doing blogs, started doing videos. And, you know, I, I funded it all on my, on, on my own. And, um, I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know how to ask for help at that time for anything. I was like, I'm just, I was just so used to doing things in a certain way that I was like, okay, go buy a camera. All right. Okay. Yeah. Fire up a website. And we're just, okay. Yeah, we do this. And I put like all this, money, you know, where if, you know, 50, 50 hindsight, you know, you can never go back, but you know, I definitely learned from my mistakes because um, I realized that it wasn't a mistake. It was an opportunity to grow. So I found my growth through my so-called mistakes or adversities or whatever you go through, your, your trials and tribulations. Um, you know, um, I thought I'd put everything behind me until, you know, fairly recently when, you know, a lot of um, when the world's going through trauma, since we're all, I guess, you know, connected and especially through the web, um, you know, a lot of trauma started coming up in my life. That's obviously, you know, being dealt with in a somatic way with psychotherapy and, um, you know, I'm seeing a neurologist here and, uh, in Canada, who's, who's amazing and just really just doing the best I can with what I have. And that's all you can really ask for from yourself is like, just do the best with what you have and, and believe in yourself. And if you have people that can believe in you, associate yourself with them because then it ignites more belief and more co-creation between the group that you're with your mastermind Alliance. So you said you weren't good at, at asking for help in going to doctors and, and having that community around you. I mean, you've now gotten to the place where you are with that or a better, a better place anyways. 
um, how, how did you go about asking for help, like learning that skill? Um, well, I mean, I preached it going across Canada saying, if, you know, if you're suffering in silence, please ask for help. And you might have to ask for help, you know, 20 or 30 times these days because our resources aren't exactly, uh, top notch. That's my, my opinion. Um, but at the same time, asking it's given if you believe and you can really receive and be open to receiving. And that's something that I'm learning on a daily basis that it's okay to receive. And that's something I'm not, I've never been good at, you know, taking compliments. I've never been good at receiving other than the fact that when I created it, knew that I was going to get it, I expected it. But like from, you know, actually receiving something from another person and, you know, it's, it's been difficult for me. Uh, maybe that's why I've been so intense with giving back is that I got to give, I got to give, I got to give, it's gotta be me that I got to give, you know? So there's, uh, you know, there is a little bit of selfishness in there, uh, you know, that, uh, but that selfishness, it felt me up, it filled me up and I met so many amazing people along the way that I continue to have pretty good relationships uh, with, you know, after all those years and pedals and kilometers and, life experiences and skates and prison cells and all the whole nine yards that you know a little bit about. Yeah, I was going to say, you're definitely making an impact, not just in like your message, but you're also sharing your journey. So like on Instagram, I can see like, Hey, you're going to the doctor and you're sharing what the doctor is finding out. And, you know, whether it's good, bad, and different, you know, you're, you're being real, you're being honest. And from that, I mean, it's, it's helping people to go, it's not just me, you know, and I'm not the only one that's confronted with this kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how have you been able to become so open in what's going on in the day to day, you know, as you're going about this stuff, um, you know, it, I know it's encouraging, but how are you, how are you able to step into that place after everything that's gone on? Well, I think it's my responsibility. Um, and I know a lot of people don't want to look at that sometimes, um, you know, as you know, I, I'm trying to be positive, showing something that perhaps was like a negative that happened in my life, you know, like getting your brain rattled wasn't exactly nice, but if I can help one person through my experience to, you know, reach out to uh, Dr. Jalili at the Canadian Brain Performance Center, or he can make a recommendation to somebody in, in Texas or whatever, you know, that's, that, that could save a life. And it may not be pretty because, you know, like I know that in my uh, humble opinion, there's some pretty uh, photos on old Instagram but, you know, the not so pretty ones uh, usually uh, aren't even shown. And those are the times that I'm twitching, you know, like, it's every, like everything's energy. It is. I've always believed that everything is energy. And uh, it's, you know, when there's energy trapped in the physical body, you can't move fluidly and uh, or, or think straight, you know. So, you know, that's uh, <laughs> there's it, it, it can be very complex. You know, at the end of the day, mental health is complex because it can, it's, it can be very different for each individual. But if you're feeling off, 
my main message is to, you know, somehow in some way get the seek help and don't stop until you get the right answers that work for you. Yeah. And you and I are both on that journey and I don't see that it's ever one that I won't be getting help, you know, to continue just because it's like, um, I want to continue to grow because I know that the space that I grow from creates it for others. Um, and so I'm setting a pattern both for my family, but those around me as well, you know, anybody that's, that has visibility, I want them to know that, Hey, there is more. And, um, you know, you're, you're part of this, like there's help for you as well. So I see, I see that that comes from you as well. Um, well, my friend, I want to thank you so much for, um, opening up, sharing your story, sharing your journey and how you've made it and what you're still doing. Because dude, for me, it's encouraging. I get to see like what you're doing to like still grow, to still can, you know, heal. And it's like, from, from that, it's like, I take such encouragement. So I appreciate it. I think that's one of the main messages as well, is that you got to make your healing priority. Number one, if you don't make your healing, healing priority, number one, if something's getting in the way of it, and I've let that happen to myself, uh, you know, um, is it, it, it'll never happen. You know, you have to really desire to want to heal yourself to be better, you know? Uh, so, and then build on that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How can people get in touch with you? How can they reach out, follow you and, and, you know, get, well, in Instagram is enough for me. And, uh, it's yeah. Ryan Phillips, eight, eight, eight. And, um, you know, if you'd be kind enough, if you want to, you know, hop on and join the movement, um, there's a divine source apparel and, uh, you know, that'll obviously, uh, you know, go into the wellness line as well. So, um, yeah, there's going to be all kinds of fun, cool stuff on there. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you, uh, being able to share. Hey, thank you for joining me, my friend. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to. It helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode. And remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one. <laughs>